Hello and welcome to the Man Initiative Podcast. Each week we discuss topics for men, providing tips and positive insights for their personal growth and well-being. Thank you for joining us. And now to this week's discussion. All right, y'all. Once again, welcome back to the Man Initiative Podcast. My name is Mike Walton. And today I got my homie, my A1, once again, Jarrell J.P. Parkman up in the building. What's going on, my brother? What's happening? Oh, man. Yeah, man, it's all cool. It's all good, man. So, yeah. So, I know you're traveling right now, so I know you're heading back to the house and stuff like that. So, we apologize in advance if um, there's any background noise, anything like that, or if the phone just go out all of, all of a sudden. Um, he is traveling on the road right now. He's actually going back to his house. Um, so, yeah, so, so, Jay Boogie, I know you hit me up the other day, and you was like, yo, man, we need to talk about the stuff that's going on right now. And I was like, bet, let's make it happen. And, um, and I've been tuned into social media, to the news, um, Instagram, Facebook, you know, just talking to, you know, with my coworkers and stuff like that. And pretty much everybody is saying the same thing when it comes to this thing that happened in Minneapolis, man, to, um, to George Floyd, everybody pretty much is saying, like, yo, that's straight out murder, you know. Right. And and I know for you, you know, your background when you were in the military before you retired, um, you was doing um you was a cop, right? Right, right. I did twenty twenty years of military service. Uh my first five were in artillery and then my last fifteen I was a military police officer. Okay. So as a Military cop, when it comes down to apprehending somebody to arrest them or to whatever, what are you guys taught to do, how to apprehend a person? Well, I like to assume that all the training is basically the same because they have, like, this post-certification throughout the states Mm -hmm. to be certified to be either a federal police officer or uh, a civilian police officer, and uh, there, there are certain procedures you have to follow, and they vary based upon the subject, the the person that you're apprehending. Uh, if they become combatant, of course, there's moves and techniques that you learn to use. Uh, normally, I don't usually talk about stuff like this because, uh, one, being uh, ex-police, you know, you learn to wait and hear the whole story to see what plays out, but... In this situation, there's, there's nothing to play out because the technique that he used, first of all, was improper. And then second of all, the time that he applied it was way too much. So what, one of the first things that they, they teach you when cuffing or apprehending someone is uh, body position. And uh, there's a thing called uh, uh, body position asphyxiation which means you can keep somebody in a position for only so long, and then it could cause them to asphyxiate or suffocate, basically. But, and, and that's basically so, what happened to George. Exactly, exactly. So your, your, your response is to get them in handcuffs as quickly as possible so that you can either sit them up, stand them up, or do whatever you have to do afterwards. Once they're in cuffs, it's kind of hard to be a threat in cuffs. Yeah, you can do some damage, but 
there's four other cops with him, unlike most situations where you may be alone, you know. So there was no more threat once they had the cuffs on him. And so, once again, you have a certain limited amount of time to get this person up because you know and you're taught that it could cause damage. Okay, and basically that's what everybody saw on when the video went viral. They pretty much saw this individual applying a technique that even cops said, you know, hey, no, we don't, we don't do that. You know, we don't, you know, you don't put the knee on the individual's neck. I've seen videos when I've seen cops put the, their knee on like a shoulder blade or something like that, or like in the middle of their back or something like that, but never to the neck in that manner, you know. Uh, exactly. Apply, apply, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just agreeing with you and saying in, in the position that he was trying to do that I assumed would require him to use the shoulder blade. The knee should have went on the shoulder blade, never on the spine yeah. or the neck, like, and especially not for as long as he had it there. Yeah, exactly. So now, after all of this takes place, bystanders are telling these cops, hey, let the man, you know, get off of him. Let him breathe. He can't breathe, you know. Um, you know, you got him handcuffed. You know, what else do you need to do? You know, now he's unresponsive. Now he goes from being responsive to unresponsive. And when I saw the video, um, I was just, I was completely just devastated, man. I didn't have any words. I didn't have any words at all. Um, and which they tried to claim that, you know, once he, once they took him to the hospital, he was pronounced dead at the hospital, but I think he was already dead, expired at the scene. That's just, that's just my, that's just my opinion, you know? Right. So now... Like I said earlier, cops are coming out and cops are saying, hey, no, that's effed up. You know, we don't, we don't do that. You know, we don't do that. And the good cops are coming out and saying, hey, we don't condone this, like none of this shit. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yo, like what happened, what's in place is wrong at all levels. Training-wise, uh, from, a, from a human standpoint, of taking the life of another individual in that manner, you know, and to the point that you hear his plea, hey, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, my neck hurt, my stomach hurt, you know, everything hurts. And then when he cried out for his mom, I was I was like, man, I can't, you know. <sighs> right, it was devastating to watch, man. Like, uh, you know, with your experience in the military, we've seen some things. And we've gone through some stuff, but, like, to, to watch somebody simply disregard life, to, to not even caring about this man's life. Right. Regardless of what he could have done, like, your job is to enforce the law, not to be a vigilante and judge, juror, and executioner. Executioner. What, what he basically did. Yeah. Exactly. And with those other, those three other cops there, the one that was trying to keep the bystanders on the sidewalk and keep them away, any one of those cops could have said, hey, man, you know, get off of him, push them off, 
punched him in his damn face to get him off or whatever the case may be. Any one of those cops could have did that, and they did absolutely nothing at all. At right. all. So the way that I see it, I'm like, hey, look, all of those guys are guilty as charged, and those guys are an accessory to a murder. That's the way I see it. Right, right. I, I mean, no. I I have never seen such a blatant disregard ever, like, by a group of individuals. Usually there's always at least one who has a conscience that would step in and say, hey, uh, we need to make sure he's all right. We need to do this right. We need to make sure we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, regardless mm-hmm. of what he did. And nobody did that, like, no right. one. So, so then that brings into the question, like, what are we training our officers? Are, are, were they not trained correctly? Or, or in this case, with the officer who, who put the knee on the neck, apparently he had some stuff in his background. So why are we continuing to allow him to, to be an officer when he's not clearly there to assist and protect and defend, basically? Right. He's not, he's not even suited to be an officer. Right. He's not. And, and I think, you know, so far as when I was having this conversation with my coworkers today, it was like, yo, that needs to be some type of evaluation done. I don't know when these evaluations take place, within the police academy or when something traumatic happens to them. Like, I don't know right. if they get shot at or they shot somebody or whatever, they go through this evaluation. But I'm like, it, more, more has to be done. More has to be done. I think, you know, it should be an evaluation um, because you just never know. It's a lot of loose cannons out there within the police force. It's a lot of loose cannons. And they feel justified because they have a badge and they have a gun and they have a a taser or a stun gun, a baton, handcuffs, whatever it is, you know, and they feel like, oh, well, I'm above the law. Even though I am the law, I'm above the law, so I'm going to do what I want to do. And I keep hearing this word union, police union, police union, police union. And I'm just like, so I know it's probably a little bit different in the military when it comes down to so far as, you know, law enforcement in the military versus law enforcement, you know, in the civilian world. Um, but the, but the, but the police union, I feel in my opinion, protects these, dirty cops to the point that, oh, well, we're going to put you on paid administrative leave. Why the fuck are you still paying this dude? Why the fuck is right. this person still getting paid? You know what I'm saying? That's the way I look right. at it. But, and, yeah, and a they lot got... of people do. And a right. lot of people do. Uh, the, the, the problem is I can't speak about a police union because, of course, we didn't have one. We don't have anything right. like that. And uh, so I, I, I don't think that's the case. Uh, because here's one of our big issues, uh, social media and, and all the stuff that we have, the technology we have now makes things worse than they actually are. Uh, not saying that there aren't bad cops. They are, but I don't, I don't believe that there are more bad cops than good cops. Right. What happens is you have a bad cop here that's filmed and then you have a bad cop somewhere else in another state, another jurisdiction, another police force that's bad, but it happens around the same time. And everybody is, is consolidating it as if, 
you know, all police are bad. I don't, I don't think that's the case at all. Yeah, but and I agree with you on that. With it being able to be visible the way that it is, and you have these incidents, and then you have other officers who are there and don't step up and do the right thing, it makes it look bad for them all. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I agree with you. I don't, you know, we know that I think there are more good cops than bad cops. Yes, definitely. You know, it's just the bad cops have been highlighted more than the good cops. You know what I'm saying? Right. So now that all of this is out here, the video, the protest, the aftermath, um, the, 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 the looting, and all this other stuff like that, Let's let's talk about the race factor, because what we see as black men is completely different from what a white man or a white woman will see. What a black woman will see is completely different from what a white man or a white woman will see. Now, granted, we know because of our um, ties to the military that we work with people and befriended people from all different backgrounds and walks of life, regardless of race, creed, color, nationality. You know, we know a lot of people. So I got a lot of cool white friends. I got a lot of cool Hispanic friends. You know, I got a bunch, a whole bunch of cool brothers, black brothers, you know, that I'm just cool with. So, you know, right. we both we both have that. And we may have our differences in other areas, but when it comes down to this, from me talking to my coworkers and my friends, we pretty much we see the thing on the same you know, we we're on the same page when it comes down to us like, yo, honestly, that was that's that's wrong and that's not right. You can't you can't justify that killing. You can't justify that murder. You can't. There is no way. There is no way to justify that at all. No way at all. So, um, and I know people have been talking about, hey, white people, you know, we need to hear your voice. We need you guys to, 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 to join with us. Join with the black community. Use your voice. And even to the point that, hey, use your white privilege to the point that, hey, look, Bring awareness to this. Bring this out to the forefront because we can only do so much when it comes down to it. Hey, we need, we need, we need that assist. And I have been seeing white police officers, um, white protesters, you know, um, and just, you know, just the everyday average person on social media speaking about this and talking about this. And whatnot. Um, it's just so much going on. It's kind of hard to just pack it all in just one podcast uh, with everything that took place, you know, within the last past few days. So now the the, the spotlight is on black men, and I'm seeing a lot of posts, a lot of videos of that nature, saying, "Hey, black men, we love you. We care about you." X, Y, and Z, you know, the love is being poured out. I don't have any kids. You have sons. You have three sons. Yes. So with that, 
with everything that's going on with your military background and with your three sons and your interaction with them and talking to them, how do you have that conversation, you know, going forward with them say, hey, you know, I just want to make sure you guys are going to be protected. I want to make sure you guys are going to be safe. You know, how do you have that conversation with your sons about something like this? Well, luckily for me, my, my kids are grown for the most part. I, I have uh, one teenage son and two younger daughters that I, I worry about. And my two oldest sons I worry about, too, although they're grown because uh, George was a, a grown man. So, uh, yeah. But we've had this conversation before now. Uh, once again, I, think, I don't think that necessarily – Racism is getting stronger. I think it's just now we can see it. It's mm. always been there. And, uh, you know, coming from where we came from and growing up where we grew up, you know, we've had interactions like this. We've seen this play out time and time again. So it, it wasn't nothing new. It wasn't something that I had to, to say to my kids, well, hey, look, the world is changing and this is what's happening. They're already mm-hmm. tracking, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that, that, that's a sad thing. Uh, one of my uh, first interactions with the police was with uh, myself and a good friend of ours, uh, Cedric Stokes, shout out to him. Uh, we were in our own neighborhood, literally about four blocks from my house. And uh, we went over to another friend's house, and we were over there hanging out, having a good time. And this was uh, so long ago. We were, we were still young. And we stayed out a little bit longer than we should, but, you know, we, we didn't have any curfews or anything like that. So it's about 10 o'clock, and we're going home, and we get pulled over by a police officer. And we were walking. Wow. Like, you know, I don't know how that was possible. And so he pulls us over and tells us to get down on our knees and cross our feet at the ankles, put our hands behind our back. And I was like, for what? Me not knowing because I was a little – although I was in the hood, you know, we grew up there, you know, there, there was no yeah. issue with anything there. So like this was our first encounter because up until this point, we hadn't been out that late. So our, our parents sheltered us from that. So we, we hadn't seen this side yet. And so mm-hmm. he literally told us to shut up and, and do what he said. And, and uh, Cedric being a little more adept to, you know, the hood, told me to be quiet and just, just do what he says. And I, and, and I was confused, you know, and, and so we did it and they searched us and he said, we fit the profile, which was strange to me. I was like, what profile? Like, right. how do we both fit the profile? Cause Cedric and I told we look different. Like, and he just told us to shut up and go home and he jumped back in the car and rode off. And so experiences like that, are what we are introduced to as a youth, which is why we have a internal vision of what we think police are like. Mm-hmm. And until we grow out of that mentality and have situations where, you know, we realize that not all people are like that, then we stereotype them just as they do us which is why I feel right now what's going on out there with the whole looting and rioting. I think that's the wrong way to go about it. I got it. 
we want our voice heard, but but what is it really doing to prove your point? What you're doing is perpetuating the stereotype that black people are violent and angry because they don't see all the white people that are looting. Like, they watch the same videos, and there's Hispanic people, white people, everybody's running around looting, but the only Mm -hmm. ones that get blamed are the black people, you know? And so we both have a part to play in this, and we have responsibilities that we have to take our own responsibility of our own part. And right now, with the police force not 100% saying, hey, this was wrong, is why the people turn against the police and think that all police are bad when that's mm-hmm. just not the case. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you're definitely right about that. You know, we know that's not the case. We know not. We know all police are not bad. We know that. Um, and we know that all white people ain't bad, you know. And I hope, I hope that white people would have that same thought, that same mindset. Hey, we know all black people ain't bad. We know all Hispanic people ain't bad, you know. Um, I just know, and just taking it to a spiritual level, like when it comes down to just evil people, evil is going to lurk in whoever. It doesn't matter the color. That's, that's right. the way I see it. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter the color. Like evil, the devil doesn't discriminate. He don't care if he's using a black man, a white man, Hispanic man, an Asian man, an a, a Indian man. The devil don't discriminate. You know what I'm saying? You're right. But, you're right. Not at all. Yeah. And that and, brings and, me to another topic that, that perpetuates the cycle. Every time something like this goes down, the first thing they want to do is say, well, oh, he was a bad person. What did he do? Let's look up his past. The past doesn't define you as of now. Exactly. Who you are now is not who you were back then. You know, everybody exactly. can learn to grow and change. And then they bring up the whole fact, well, how are you going to be angry about this? You don't say anything about black-on-black crime. That makes me mad. Because yeah, there exactly. is no such Crime is crime. And everybody's right. like, oh, black-on-black crime, this, that, and the other. You know, statistically, white-on-white crime is more than black-on-black crime? Yep. So, yep. like, crime is about... about Poverty, where you are is, is where the crimes happen. So, of course, there's a lot of black-on-black crime. There's a lot of poor black people. But there's just as many poor white people, and we're not saying, oh, that's a white-on-white crime. That's, that's not an excuse. Like, that's, mm-hmm. I, I don't think people say that. Yeah, because they don't, they don't say that. It's like it only comes down when it comes – it it's only said when it comes to our demographic. When it comes to black yeah. people, it's black-on-black crime. When it comes to any other nationality, it's just crime. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's complete, utter bullshit. You can't say that. You can't put us on, you know, categorize us black on black crime, but then everything else is just crime. Like, come on, right. that doesn't make any sense. That's not, that's not using, that's not even using your right mind at all. Exactly. And that's what makes, you know, the whole society look at us as if we're the only ones committing crimes. We're the ones that are bad, and we're the scary people. You can do a research on the FBI report on homicide data, and uh, there's a table, table six, that states that white-on-white crime was about, you had about 2,677 homicide crimes in 2019. 
And black-on-black crimes were only 2,566. So miss me with that. Like, your numbers are greater than mine. Like, crime is crime, and it's all about – I I got this from D.L. Hughley, the comedian. Very mm-hmm. political, very smart man outside of his, his comedy stuff. It, it, it's good to watch some of the talk shows that he do. Uh, he's the one that, that brought this up, and he said that crime was basically uh, a circumstance of relation to where you are. So, you know, based on where you are, there's crimes that happen, husband on wife, wife on husband. Black on black, white mm-hmm. on white, Hispanic on Hispanic, and it's all due to poverty and your location. It has right. nothing to do with the color of your skin. And you know what I was thinking about as you were saying that the reason why people would say black on black crimes because that's what's put out there in the media. That's what's put out there on websites and social media, whatever. That's 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 what's put out there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Oh, right. look at them. You know, this is what they're doing. They're destroying each other, so forth and so forth. That's been going on for years, for years. Right. And they still continue this narrative to say, hey, look, look at them. They're destroying themselves. They're killing themselves. All we got to do is just sit back and let them do the rest. That's all we got to do. And so when they look at us, oh, but what about black and black crimes? Like, okay, but what's the difference? Like, I don't understand that because we let a certain demographic highlight that that's that's supposed to stand and that's supposed to be the thing and that's supposed to be the standard, you know, to just us and just us alone? No. I don't I don't buy that. I don't buy that at all. So now it that brings us back to, okay, I'm a black man, you a black man, we got our friends all black men, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, okay, so what do we do as black men when we see stuff like this? Because I heard people say, hey, look, you know, don't film me. I've seen posts on Facebook and so and Instagram say, hey, don't post, you know, don't, don't, don't videotape me. You know, jump in and do something about it, you know. And I don't know because I just put it like this. You never know what you're going to do until you're in that situation. Exactly. Exactly. That's and it, that's the way I was to play Monday morning quarterback and say, "Oh man, we should have did this. We should have did." Well, we're not in that situation. And you got to think those were the two or three people standing there with cameras recording against four armed cops. If right. they didn't care about the one that's on the ground, you think they really would have cared about you? So now you have to question no. Do I my life for this guy who I don't even know or what he did or that's, that's the question. And, and that, that becomes a problem because once again, society has perpetuated the fact that oh, black people do a lot of crimes. They're scary. They're this, they're that. And mm-hmm. so now you're yourself and you're doing what you think is right versus what you know to be right. Right. Yeah, and you definitely you made a valid point. If they didn't care about that man's life and if anybody would have jumped in, do you think they would have cared about that other person's life or those people? No. Right. They would have right. pulled out their guns and shot them on sight. And when and you know what, it would have shot them on sight and went about their day like nothing ever happened. 
Right. Period. So, so that, that goes back to like we were saying. We have to take responsibility, both sides. Both sides mm-hmm. have to take responsibility for actions. Like, and in this situation, this particular situation, there was no actions that he could have taken to change the outcome. Because from the video that we saw and the one that TMZ has from the shop across the street, at no time did he try to resist or run or anything. Right. So there was no justification for that position and for that man to pass away like that. Exactly. Exactly. Like you say, what do we do? Like, like, if we do nothing, we're wrong. If we do something, we're wrong. Damn if right. you do, damn if you don't. Let, damn if you do don't. We? Right. Because it's to the point now, it's like folks that look, I'm tired. And that's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing that from a lot of black people. I am tired. I am tired, 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 because it's the same old stuff. We see this stuff happen, and nothing happens. I am tired. I'm sick, and I'm tired. You know, because it's almost like, hey, look. We've been in this fight. We've been having this argument for decades. If it's not us, it's our parents. If it's not our parents, it was our grandparents. If it wasn't our grandparents, it was our great-grands. We've been having this argument, this fight for decades, for centuries. Yes. And we're saying this, and we're saying the same exact thing, just in a different time. As they were saying back in their time, we're saying the same exact thing. Hear us out. We are human. We are people. We bleed just like you. The only difference about us is the color of our skin. And if you're going to kill me on the base on 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 base on the color of my skin, then you have a fucking problem. Point blank. Period. Because everything else is still the same when it comes to the bodily form. We have toes, we have feet, we have fingers, we have hair, teeth, eyes, ears, nose, mouth, all of that. Same organs and everything else. But remove all that stuff. And the only difference for you to hate me the way that you do is the color of my skin. And on top of that, you will try to apply my characteristics or our characteristics on top of that to say, oh, well, all black people are lazy and all black people are this. And they, are, they, they you know, they up to no good. And they always scheming and scamming and stuff like that. I'm like, I don't know what you've been watching. I don't know what you've been viewing or who you've been listening to. But obviously, those racist assholes need to open up their fucking eyes and see what the hell is going on. Without a doubt, uh, it it pisses me off to the highest level. Right, I'm just, and I'm just at the point. I'm just like, man, like, look, this is, this is, it's, it's it, it got to the point now that I have been so desensitized because we've seen this before, we've seen this play out before, we've seen this play out with Tamara Rice, we've seen this play out with uh, Philando Castillo, we've seen this play out with um, Trayvon Martin. We've seen this play out with Mike Brown. We've seen this play out with Eric Gardner. You know what I'm saying? We've seen this play out with Sandra Bland. We've seen these things play out over and over and over and over again. 
And I can't, I can't lie, Jay. I can't lie. I got desensitized to it. I got desensitized to it. But this right here, oh, it's no, like, nothing, nothing. yeah, this right, when this happened right here, on top of what took place in our home state, Georgia, down in Brunswick with um, Amar Arbery, that, it, it pretty much, it woke up a sleeping giant. That's what it did. That's, right. that's exactly that's exactly what it is. So now I'm looking and I'm listening to the people that I know from all backgrounds to see what they're going to say, to see what they are saying, and to see what they're going to do. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I'm doing. And if I hear some shit that's out of pocket, I'm checking it on site. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because... You know, cause, because I'm like, yo, it's it's time out for this. It's time out. We're not going to allow you as a black community. We're not going to allow you anymore to continue the same narrative that you that's been pushed for decades, for centuries. It's time out for that. We are not our ancestors. Our ancestors had a different fight. Now we're fighting. We're fighting for. We're still fighting for our freedom. Honestly. Honestly, to yeah. The point, to, to the point that me and you, we can meet up and we can hang out and we can go anywhere that we want to go and not be bothered whatsoever. And in 2020, me and you get together, don't served in the military 20 years, 40 years total. We still, as black men, we still cannot go out and enjoy our liberties, even though we dedicated, we gave 20 years of our lives to this country. After that, we still couldn't go out and we still couldn't do the things that we really want to do without actually being questioned by somebody or somebody picking up their phone and calling the police. I'm like, oh, we got two black guys up in here doing, you know, doing X, Y, and Z. I don't know why they're here. I've never seen these guys before. Well, won't you ask a damn question? instead of getting on the fucking phone and acting all scary. And, and see, that that goes back to, like I was saying earlier, uh, one of our biggest problems is that society, America, sees black people as threatened, period. And we have somewhat a part to play in that. However, that's not the case for everyone. That's, like, for, for everybody to, to see black people in that light, which I'm not saying they do, because, like you said, there's good good people out there, uh, regardless of color, creed, or whatever, there's good people out there that don't. But the ones that do, how do we fix that? Like, it, first of all, it's not my fault that you think that I'm scary because my skin is dark. Like, and then second of all, if you take the time to actually talk to a person like a person, mm-hmm. what's the worst that could happen? Right. Exactly. What's the question that's going to happen? Because we do, we do have some scary, some scary motherfuckers. Let's be real. It's some thugs that I wouldn't even mess with. You know what I'm saying? Right. But at the same time, I'm not going to call the police on you. Like, I right because we we know we. I I don't. Because, I, what you do with your time and your life is your 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 priority, your business. You know. And and so we gotta learn to let each other live. Right. Because we Jay, we know. 
we grew up in that environment. So we know, we know if we grew up in the hood, we know who is who. You know what I'm saying? We know, okay, we know that dude or those dudes over there, they don't play. So don't mess with yeah. them because, you know, they jumping off the gate. They jumping out the gate, you know, as soon as something jump off, they coming out full force. Yeah. We we know, Don, nah, nah, don't mess with them dudes, you know. And we know these dudes over here, yeah, you can press the button a little bit, but once they fed up, they fed up. It's, 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 no, it's no, it's no turning back. So we knew, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and you know that growing up in the hood, you know who who was that dude, and you know who was who was cool. And I'm not saying those dudes that was like causing all the work that they weren't cool. You just know, hey, look, I ain't mess, I ain't no, I ain't no, I'm not, I'm not doing that with that dude like that. You know what I'm saying? I ain't coming to him like that because I know he he bat shit crazy. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. We, and see, that goes back to my conversation. You know, we know in our area, but you don't know in every area. You know, so right. like us as people, our people. We have to. We gotta tone it down, man. We gotta tone it down for one, and take responsibility for our actions. But at the same time, shit like this should not be happening to us because of it. Right. Exactly. And be justified for oh well. The reason why this happened because you know it's y'all fault. You know what I'm saying? It's like oh, I'm a black man. We're black people. We're black. You know, black men and black women. You know, black boys and black girls. And we are out here living in society just as you trying to live work a job, raise a family, enjoy life, enjoy the freedoms that we're supposed to have, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, oh, well, we can't even do that because all you see is like, oh, we just thugs and bitches. That's all you see. Yeah. That's all you see. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, okay, cool. You need to take the time to get to know somebody. You need to take the time to find out what's really going on. Because it's funny to me that we can do that, and we've done that in the past. We can go anywhere and get along with anybody. Like the time we was in Texas, you know what I'm saying? That we was up in that little, we was up in the little spot, and um, that country dude ran up on us, <laughs> and he was like, "Hey man, I never danced with a black girl," you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And us as black men, we could have been like, "Oh man, fuck you, get out of here, man, with that bullshit." We ain't doing whatever. Fuck you, get out of here. You know what I'm saying? But what did we do? We welcomed that dude with open arms. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And was like, hey, man, okay, cool. That's what's up. What's your name? He said, my name is Cotton. C-O-T-T-O-N, Cotton, like the fabric. Had the, the boots on, the jeans on, the big-ass belt buckle, the shirt, the hat, all that. And then to make it, then, then to, to, to add on to that, we took him over to the other side of the club, <laughs> the R&B side. We didn't even know this female. We didn't even know this black female. You know what I'm saying? She's up there dancing with her friends. And it was like, hey, you know, hey, we met this guy. He said he never danced with a black woman before. He wanted to dance with a black woman. And you know what she did? She welcomed that dude with open arms. Yes, she, waved, she waved him onto the stage. Come on, let's go dance. And he got out there and had the time of his life. <laughs> and was very grateful. We just got to take the time to tone it down and, and learn to know one another, you know. And it's sad that we can't because of situations like this. Because now right. both sides are intimidated. We don't know what to do. So I, 
the question right. is, what do we do to get it fixed? How do how do we fix it? Do we change our image and and, and who we are, or do we try to, you know, train others, which isn't working? Like every job that you know has sensitivity training. They have some right. type of you know racial uh, training, sensitivity training to try to bridge that gap. And it, it's it's just hard to do. Like people have to be willing to do it. Yeah, it's it's going to take work on all sides, man. You know, but it's just it it just ain't us, and that's the way they're trying to portray it. Like it's just us. Like we're the cause of our demise. We're the cause of everything. Oh, the reason why you died is because you're black and you resisted and you didn't comply. And I told this to somebody. I was talking to somebody. I say I keep hearing this about comply, 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 comply. If he just would have complied, you know, in this case or any other situation, any other case that took place in the past, if they just would have complied, I'm like, okay, uh, what the fuck are you going to comply? When are you going to comply? You know what I'm saying? I I don't understand this. You took an oath to protect and serve the people in your city, your jurisdiction, that's what you did. You took an oath. An oath. You pretty much said, hey, I'm giving up my liberties as an individual to take on the responsibilities of a civil, uh, of a civil servant to protect the people at large in this community, in this city, in this state. Exactly. That's, that's what you've done. That's what you've done. So for me, that raises the bar because when we got sworn into the military, it was pretty much, and when we re-enlisted, we say, hey, look, I will defend the Constitution and I will obey the orders of the President of the United States and the officers appointed over me. Now, if we came out of pocket with that, what would have happened? All kinds of stuff. And, and see, All, is, that, is, is that the issue, that there's no repercussions for them? Because... They keep getting off. Is, is that it's, what's causing it to be more out there, or is it just the fact that we have media now? That That's something that we just don't know. Like I say, from our point of view, it's always been there. So it, it's, yeah. it's nothing new. And like you say, we've become desensitized of it. But, like, that was just outright wrong. And so with that being said, how do we fix it? You know what, Jay? To be honest with you, man, I I don't even know. I don't even know how we can fix it. I don't. I and that's that's just real talk for me. I don't know. Right. I don't think nobody has an answer. Nobody has an answer. How can we fix it? You know what I'm saying? I think it's going to be a point to hey, we just have to start somewhere collectively and start doing some things and start making some changes and stuff like that. And hopefully that will snowball into something greater, you know, for the greater good for everybody. But at this point, I don't know because that's a lot of, that's a lot of people that's mad and frustrated and I can't knock them for that. I am. I'm not knocking anybody from being upset, for being frustrated, from being pissed off. For me personally, when I look at it, I'm not even knocking nobody for just going buck wild and looting because I, I can understand, you know what I'm saying, the ones who are just frustrated with it, 
You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm, I, I, can't, I can't knock nobody because I'm not in their shoes. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, we, and we all think differently. You know what I'm saying? So it can't be like, well, Mike, you shouldn't think that way. You should think like this. But no, you're not in my shoes. I'm not in your shoes. So don't exactly. tell me the, the way that I should think, the way that I should feel, because this is how I feel. So if I feel frustrated and pissed off and whatever, then you got to let me have that. Because I'm not coming at you or anybody else. I'm like, hey, you shouldn't feel that way. You shouldn't respond that way. You shouldn't say that. Because I get it. Collectively, as black men and black women and black community, we are fed up. We are done. We are and that's, done, done, and that's, that's done. One big, that's one of the big problems. It shouldn't be just the black community fed up and tired and done. Everybody should be. Whether exactly. You, I, I, I hate to, to bring religion into talks like this, but it's, it's the one foundation that grounds everybody and keeps everybody equal. So no matter, you know, what your true belief is or your higher power, there's one common thing. It's always do unto others as you have them do unto you. So if we're not doing that, then there's a problem. Galatians 3.28 says, there is neither Jew nor Greek, neither bond nor free. Mm-hmm. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. We should learn oh. to live together as one, no matter what you believe. Or even if you mm-hmm. take it back to your belief of, okay, I don't believe in Jesus and all this and that. Well, you got to believe in creation. You got to believe that we came from somewhere. And right. even science says that life began in Africa. That means we all came from Africa, regardless of skin color, denomination, color, creed, all of that. None of that matters. Mm-hmm. We all came from one location which means we are the same. Yes, we have differences, but we are still all human. There's only one race, the human race. We are all human. That's it. That's it. And I've been saying that for a while now. There's no black race, no white race. It's the human race. That's what it is. So, you know, it's just I'm, 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 I'm hoping for justice in this whole thing. I'm hoping for justice in the Breonna Taylor case because that was, that was messed up also. Yeah. They already they already had the guy apprehended, locked up in jail. I don't know what made these cops go out and say, hey, we're looking for such and such. You already got to do what's, like, what's really good. Like, that don't make any sense. And right. now you got this man making a 911 call saying, please help me. He is pleading and it was like, hey, is she talking? Like, no, she is literally, she's trying to breathe. They shot that lady multiple times. Yeah. Killed her. They, they pretty much conspired, collaborated, and entrapped Ahmaud Arbery, and they killed that man. That's what they did down in Georgia. So when we see that right there, when we see a man sitting in his apartment minding his own business and he gets killed in his own apartment minding his own business, when we see a man talking to a cop and the cop is asking for identification and he goes to proceed to get identification, he gets shot and killed. 
when we see a kid walking back from the convenience store and he's approached by a grown man that should know better, when we see a woman happy about, hey, I'm about to, I'm going to a job interview, I'm about to start this new job, she gets pulled over, and that's the last time they see her alive. When we see a kid just being a kid in a park playing around with a toy gun, and he gets shot and killed, not even asked any questions, pulled up, jumped up the car, and shot and killed that young man on sight. Right. When we see a when we see a black man in Walmart walking around with a toy gun that's still in the package, and the manager calls ahead, there's a guy walking around with a gun, and the police comes up in there, sees him, and shoots the man on sight. Yeah. When we see a guy walking away from the cops, and they shoot him multiple times. I'm sitting here, when we see Walter Scott running away from the police over child support, that doesn't deserve a death sentence. Right. He's running away. When we see a guy selling Lucy cigarettes, how many guys we know in the hood that sell Lucy cigarettes? How many people do we know that sell CDs in the hood? How many people do we know in the hood who just, hey, look, I'm just here, I'm doing my thing, I'm having a good time. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to approach nobody. I don't get it for the life of me, Jake, that we as black people, we are, they are trying to tell us that we cannot speak up for ourselves, that we cannot defend ourselves, that we cannot, um, you know, exercise our rights as an American citizen. Because if right. we do, that's an automatic death sentence. If I say anything slick and sly to you, that's going to be a cause of, oh, you've been aggressive towards me. I fear for my life. So now I've got to take your life, even though I am unarmed. But the way they look at it is, hey, you are armed because your skin is your armor. Your words is your armor. You know, your appearance is your armor. Because to me, you are armed as a black man with no weapon in your hand, but your words your appearance, your character, your demeanor, all of those are, we, we weaponize that. That's how they see us. They weaponize everything about us when we don't right. even have any weapons in our hands. You know what I'm saying? That's crazy, man. It's, it's really crazy. Oh, my goodness. I'm just like, my goodness, like, oh, man. I'm just I'm 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 hoping I'm hoping for a better day. I really am. You and me too, bro. I'm hoping for a better day. So to bring it home, we I know we said a lot of stuff, we put a lot of stuff out there on this podcast. For me personally, I just want people to know hey, continue to use your voice. Continue to stand up for what's right. Now, I'm talking to my black people. Use your voice. Stand up for what's right. Stand up for what you believe in. Don't let nobody shut you down, shut you up, or shut you out. 
And and the last thing for me is, if you don't have any protection, please, by all means, go get you some protection. I don't care if it's a 22, a 380, a 9, a 45, whatever. Go get something, a stun gun, uh, a stick, a rock, a baseball bat, um, something. Something to a, a can of maize, brass knuckles, some form of self-protection to help yourself to to be safe. Because I know there's a lot of people out there that don't like guns, you know, and they won't buy one. And I'm at the point now, I'm about to go buy me another one. <laughs> I bought a nine. I'm about to go buy a nine millimeter carbine. That's what I'm about to go buy. So I'm like, cause you know, you just you just have to protect yourself. So that's that's just me saying that to everybody who's going to listen to this podcast. Hey, just protect yourself, protect your family, make sure everybody's good to go, make sure everybody's safe. For the parents, um, just as Jarrell was saying, my boy Jay, hey, you know, talk to your kids. You got to have this conversation. You have to. It's imperative that you have this conversation. You know, and if it gets up to the point that, you know, you need to teach them how to how to hold a firearm, how to shoot a firearm, how to load a firearm, then do so. Then do so. Get up, you know, get the knowledge on your rights as an American citizen. Get up on your rights. Learn about your rights as a um, a person that, you know, that's going to carry, conceal carry, whatever state you're in. Know those laws. Know those regulations. Know what's going on. And know your rights. Because it's going to take a lot more work for us to get this stuff done. And it's just not going to be by words only. I just hate to say it, but that's just what it's going to be. And the thing I want to leave everybody with is learn to respect one another. Whether you're white, black, brown, whatever, learn to respect each other. Our Constitution has one of the most powerful moving lines in it. It says, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. Keep that in mind. We're all equal. We're all human. Treat us as such. Yes. We just want to be treated as equal, seen as equal, viewed as equal, talked to as equal, respected respected as equal. That's all we want. Point blank, that's it. So I just want to say thank you, Jay, for being on the being on the show today. I know we could have took this for yeah, man. I know we could have took this for another like three, four, five hours. <laughs> oh, we definitely got you know, we got a whole bunch of stuff we need to talk about, bro. <laughs> right? Yeah, I think we just we just need to purge and get this stuff out, man, for real, for real. Right. You know? So definitely. So I just want to say thank you for everybody that's listening. Um, that's going to, you know, whenever you catch this, it may not be right now, but whenever you catch it, we want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for just tuning in to the podcast. We appreciate you. Uh, so for myself, Mike Walton, and my, and my boy, my A1 from day one, Jarrell, J.P. Parkman, we just want to say thank you. We just want everybody to be safe. Uh, men, especially men, Cover, cover, cover your loved ones. 
Cover your loved ones, cover your kids, cover your your your, your wife, your girlfriend, your mom. You know, who just cover your family. Be there for them and and be present. Be present for the people in your life. That's what I'll say. And I think I think Jay will agree with will will agree with me on that one. Just be present. Be present for the people that's in your life. Definitely, definitely do that. So until next time, until the next podcast, we're gonna say thank you. Appreciate you. God bless everyone out there. Continue to keep your head up. Continue to strive. And for the men out there, continue, please continue to take the initiative to be a better man, not only for yourself, but for your family. Thank you.